Great. So welcome everyone to our final workshop in our 2022 series. Um, this workshop is going to be about how you diversify your income in the industry um, and how you break out and you know find different ways to make yourself known but also get revenue being in the industry the music industry i am karis i'm your host for these workshops um just a little bit about me so i'm a singer songwriter music producer um like i always say started out on the creative side of things just you know mixing my little beats in my room, singing and performing for family and friends. Um, and then in an interest to kind of take that to more professional level, I went and studied music management at Harris Institute um, in Toronto. And from there, just branched out, worked with different studios, um, collaborations with different um, artists until I finally got here the Afrowave TO, um, where I am Director of Operations and your host for our virtual workshop series. Um, just a little bit about Afrowave TO, if this is your first workshop, um, I'm glad that you could join on before the series ended. But we are an organization built on filling the void for artists within genres of um, reggae, dancehall, reggaeton, soca, um, all of those genres, Afrobeats, that we kind of call culturally derived sound that are very dependent on culture. Um, and just kind of providing resources and access to information, um, a platform to form uh, for these artists, because we saw that there was a bit of a lack in terms of, of that kind of accessibility for artists in those genres. Um, so everything that we do is built around developing artists and kind of helping them to get to the next step in their career. Um, and that's why today we have with us Lo or Lokita, um, Jay Best and OTR um, to just kind of come and talk about how they got started and how they ended up where they are today with um, many different titles to their names. I'm going to give them a chance to introduce themselves. Ladies first, Lokita, do you want to go ahead and just kind of yeah, let us know a little bit about you. Yes, for sure. So my name is Lokita. Um, I am a rapper, singer, songwriter, producer, and I DJ too, but just in my room. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so how I got started in the industry, um, I've been in entertainment since I was five. I started off as like an actress, so I was doing acting, mostly background work um, in Calgary. Um, and then at like 15, I didn't want to do it anymore got into poetry and then that got me into rapping. Um, but I didn't start taking it seriously till I was 21. So when I moved to Vancouver, um, I was like, let's do this. And so ever since then, I've just been grinding, um, started producing my own stuff about two years ago. Um, yeah, just been kind of growing from there, got into acting, back into acting during COVID. So I've done things like Nancy Drew, Fort Salem, um, just random things, uh, also do narration, uh, for like Netflix and Google. So anytime you hear like closed caption, things like that, uh, that's me. So I, I did Travis Scott, Beyonce documentary, um, bunch of movies, just random things like that. Um, 
yeah, so I do a lot of things. I also work at like a Trinidadian restaurant because you have to hustle out here in Vancouver because it's really expensive, the same as in Toronto. So I uh, just wear a lot of hats in that sense. So. Thank you. Uh, OTR? Hey, what's up? I'm OTR, um, DJ, engineer, producer, uh, DJ first. Uh, I'd say engineer uh, production came second just by my surrounding and then uh, went into engineering. Um, I guess, yeah, we're just introducing ourselves, right? Yeah, yes. so that's pretty much me. Um, I've been doing this for professionally, I would say uh, like maybe seven years. Um, mm -hmm. I went to school, it's been like nine years since I've been to school. Um, and DJing was something that I was doing like in high school. So all of it kind of ties into each other from some time. Awesome, thank you. And Jordan, last but not least. What's up everyone, my name is Jordan, or you call me Jay Best. Jay, whatever that, that is my last name. So. <laughs> Yeah, man, I'm a producer first, I'd say, an artist and a writer as well. Um, got into production back in the MPC days, uh, on drum machine, sampling, both jazz records, and, and, and things, you know, fell in love with hip hop as a teenager, and, you know, went through different variations of, like, finding my passion, you know, started with DJing, and, um, you know, rhyming, and then really fell in love with production when I uh, was introduced to Fruity Loops, like the original Fruity Loops back in the day. And um, yeah, I wanted to take it serious. I met someone in the neighborhood um, that my mom, I, actually my mom is like a friend of a, an acquaintance of my parents. And um, he was a big producer coming to Toronto from England. He did uh, Desiree's, Desiree's big uh, hit album you gotta be um and i was looking at trevis harris and the cbc um music school and i i had to decide you know i had already decided music is going to be my future do i go to a school or you know see what see what this guy is all about he had offered you know showing me the ropes and we ended up really hitting it off i stayed with him um for over six years he had a studio and a school and i just learned under his wing ended up teaching at his school teaching vocals teaching production um engineering we did shows with the students it was kind of like a it's hard to explain it's kind of like a school of rock college kind of thing so private college for aspiring artists and and producers and then from there you know we parted ways but i had had the skills to to go on myself i was in Toronto at the time, I was in the Philippines with him, producing some artists over there. And when we amicably split, came back to Toronto and just been grinding ever since uh, 2015. So that's when I've been, you know, making my way, just networking like crazy. It's really, um, can be really frustrating. A lot of unanswered emails, a lot of follow-ups. But at the end of the day, it's a small circle once, once you find the right contacts and you just you just keep at it and um, you gotta have something to show once once you get a response. So in the meantime, and just constantly making music, whether it be for myself, um, always trying to work with other artists and just building a portfolio. And once the portfolio 
you know, sparked the interest of some industry people. I was able to uh, connect with Vince DiGiorgio, who's the head of a, a music publishing company um, here in Canada. So I'm signed with Simba Music Publishing now. And um, the reason why there's the different hats, the artist, the producer, the writer, is, you know, working with my publisher, I could be singing top lining on an on a EDM track or producing an Afrobeats track for, for an artist I'm working with and singing on my own kind of R&B, uh, soul kind of music that I do myself. And I uh, had, had a few placements on CBC um, and K-pop, hit, hit, uh, hit group in Korea, picked up one of my tunes. Um, but it's been really a blessing to to finally, you know, connect with my publishing company through the years of hard work and just determination, man. And I'm here now still still figuring it out as I go. But, you know, you look back and it's like you, you're further along every year, every six months, every three months. You just you see the progress and it, it's slow, but, you know, you keep going and I'm still here trying to um, climb higher, you know, trying to. Still network, still connect, still practice, still um, still working on my craft. So, mm -hmm. Amazing. Thank you. But it's, it's all our passion, right? So. Thank you. Um, just before we actually get into like questions and getting to know a little bit more about our panelists, um, the Q and A section. There's a specific Q and A section if you haven't joined onto our workshop before. Um, so if you do have a question, please do send it to the Q and A um, as for our attendees, and that kind of helps me to see your question quicker. And we will get to it. We do have a section after the discussion um, to address questions. Um, if you send it in the chat, sometimes it kind of gets lost. Um, so please use that Q&A section. Also, I know that we did promote that Silver Stone was going to be with us. Um, we were really looking forward to having part of having him as part of the panel. Um, but last minute, he wasn't able to make it. Like I said to the panelists, we'll still have fun. They all have amazing stories that I'm sure there's some great gems in there. Um, and we can't wait to hear them. So just as an update, everyone can kind of say that at the beginning. So just to inform everyone. Um, but jumping right into it, you guys kind of told us a little bit about how you got into music. Um, but I kind of want to know what sparked you branching out into other areas um, for you, Law, totally, somewhat totally other industry with um, acting. And was that a natural transition? So I don't know, Law, if you want to kind of go ahead and talk to us about how you ended up branching out. Um, yeah, for me, it was super easy because I had done acting before. Um, like my mom growing up, she had us in everything from dance to acting to like sports. Like I played netball and basketball growing up. Um, so I've always been around a lot of things and I volunteered a lot too as well. Um, so my networking and all that stuff plays a part into why I have so many hats all the time. Um, but yeah, how I got back into acting because I had stopped for so long um, was I just I literally saw an ad on Instagram <laughs> and I like answered the ad and they were just looking for more black like actresses. Uh, because Vancouver, what, we're like the 1% out here. We're like not even 1%, we're like 0.1% population. So they, they want more of us. So I was like, let me jump into it. Mm -hmm. 
and that's how I got into that. And then narration, that literally fell on my lap. They, I worked for a promotion company because I worked at the, I work at the club too. Like I'm everywhere, guys. I work at the club too. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I work at the club. So one of the promoters was actually he's an engineer for um, a company that Netflix hires to do all of that stuff. So he's like they're looking for new voices. So he contacted me, and like the next day, I had a job doing that. Um, and it's really good. Like if you're already using your voice a lot, like narration is like the perfect side hustle to get into as well. Um, yeah, you just gotta like find like there's always ways. There's I always see there's things called like backstage. I think backstage.com always has a bunch of them on there. You can just send in a voice mm -hmm. audition. So yeah, that's how I got into that. And tell us a little bit about, um, before I kind of switch off to the guys, a little bit about narration. Um, I think that's one of the, because I do want people who are on to kind of understand like the different ways, like just in music alone or in audio alone that you can kind of branch out and, and find different streams of income. So tell us a little bit about that. Like, what does it require of you? Is it is it a weird switch from like um, being an artist to going over to just like, you know, speech and like narration what is what is that like tell us a little bit about yeah for me it wasn't really that hard um the hard part mm -hmm. about it is especially when I did my first narration um usually narration for people takes about an hour but when you're like just thrown into it mm -hmm. it, it can literally take a long time like the Beyonce documentary I think is only an hour but it took me three it took us three hours to record that because I didn't know there's a way to do it um, mm -hmm. You don't just sit there and, you know, because you're, you're basically describing what's happening on the screen for somebody that doesn't, that can't see it, yeah. right? So you have to describe yeah. all the details. So that was different for me. But once you like know how to do it and most of the narration stuff, um, you don't really do it at home. Um, mm -hmm. Like you can have your own, like I have my own setup at home, but you would usually go into the studio and there's someone guiding you. So it's it's not hard to get into. It's just about finding, you know, just Google. Honestly, Google has everything. You can probably find it that way. Um, and honestly, read the credits at the end of things because it will literally tell you who is doing what. Um, and just reach out in an email. Sometimes that actually works as well. So I've done that before for a couple things and mm -hmm. they'll respond. The, the most they're gonna say is, no, we're not looking at this time, but we'll keep you on yeah. file, but yeah. Thank you. Jordan, JJ Best. Um, how did you branch, what sparked you branching out um, into different areas of, of music? Because you spoke about like teaching it at one point, um, you know, being a songwriter, being a producer. Um, I think also in your bio, you do vocals as well. Um, just kind of talk to us about how you just ended up, you know, wearing so many hats. Yeah, it's kind of like um, um, having the the opportunity to see a song through. You, you know, I mentioned the school that I worked at with my mentor back at the time. And, um, mm -hmm. you know, if, if you're able to work with artists that end up performing, like on stage, there's so many stages of that creation process, right? So, you yeah. know, you, from, from the writing, on a, on a voice memo, right? Mm. Uh, gibberish, freestyle on a voice memo to transcribing that into lyrics and then, you know, getting help with your songwriting from um, more experienced songwriters. And then you have to record that. And then, you know, like, then 
that takes you into mic technique, you know, sig signal flow, um, the, the setup of a studio. Um, then that takes you into, um, you know, recording, being, recording yourself, engineering yourself, and then editing your vocals, you know, ever since mid 2000s, maybe Melodyne or Autotune, right? You, you got to comp, you got to edit, you got to, you got to put your vocals together. And then you got the track, um, low, uh, OTR, Karis, you guys make beats. So where's, you, you know, you put the track together. How'd you put, that's a whole nother chapter, you know, finding your kick drums, your snares, you're, you're saving all your sounds. By the time you make that song, you got to mix it, you right? And then, you, you know, you might bounce an instrumental because you're going to perform it. And then once you go into the, the rehearsal room, it's another it's another side of engineering. It's not the same signal flow. It's not the same mic technique. So you get experience there. And then once you're on stage, you look back on it. You're looking at your your stage posture, your presence, your angles, your 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 projection, your your outfit, your style. You know everything. So from zero to performing a song or whether I'm the artist or I'm just there, I'm helping students or I'm helping artists I'm working with going from zero to that performance. Every hat is there along the way. And just throughout the years, I've taken time to really dive into each aspect, whether it's the vocals, the editing, the recording, the production, the mixing, whatever it is. So that's just kind of, it's, it's, it's like, being responsible or having your hand in every step along the way and doing it over and over countless times you just end up becoming very competent at everything that that's involved and you can also help other people along the way so that's where it comes in um, teaching or you could you, you could um, word it as management or you know a producer they're, they're teachers in a way you know they they have eyes they have opinions for everything I just mentioned, right? Vocals, style, mm -hmm. performance, all of that. So it, it's all in there. You take one song and dissect it. One song from zero to the stage and dis dissect it. Every, um, every hat, every employment opportunity, every title is along the way. And you can fall in love with one or any of them and just go deep, just dive and educate yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think that's a great point because that also, um, Denise Dion, uh, some of you may be familiar with her. She was on one of her workshops earlier in the series, and she kind of talked a lot about um, just like doing, like where she got to was just through doing it. Um, and it was just interesting to kind of dissect that statement and, and kind of really explore that because I find like a lot of times you can like sit and like talk it through and talk it through and write it out and plan it. But like you were saying that like you learn through the process because even for myself, um, like writing a song and then not having someone to sing it. So now I end up singing it so that somebody else can hear it. Um, and then, you know, you end up like creating beats because sometimes you have the inspiration right there and you don't necessarily have, or, you know, the studio doesn't have a slot for you at that moment and you kind of end up just exploring on your own creating like this music behind um so i think that's a very interesting point that you know it's funny enough that it's being repeated now about just just going out there and and doing it because i've never actually heard someone look at it from from that perspective in terms of like getting into things just because you you had to do it you know and, and kind of create that space for yourself uh otr um I've seen you DJ, I've worked with you as a producer, seen a lot of your projects. 
what are to um, branching out from, like you said, starting with DJing and now we're in so many different hats, working with so many different brands. How, how did that happen for you? Um, I mean, well, DJing was something that like, I guess, I don't know if it was just being Jamaican, but having, oh. <laughs> having a Jamaican <laughs> background helped. and like, <laughs> and like, you know, yeah. sound, sound is a big thing for us, sound splash, mm -hmm. stuff like that. So growing up, I was around a lot of DJs or people who were in that, you know, they were much older than me, but it was something that I was like growing up and seeing. And I was like, under, starting to understand that like, oh, I want to do this. Um, with production, that kind of just came along the way because of the circle that I was around. Uh, I had friends who were making music. They were like, kind of like what you guys were saying. Like I had one friend, he was producing, writing, recording, mixing his own stuff, shooting his own videos. Um, my, my best friends, older brothers, they were recording their own stuff, mixing their own stuff, producing their own stuff. And so just being around that, I kind of just like, I guess kind of, you know, became a part of that. Um, and yeah. as well as just like, I found that when I was listening to music, um, Lil Wayne, who was like a big, you know, who was the GOAT at the time, and he's still GOAT, but at the time when I was growing up, it was like, to me and my friends, like we were like, okay, who's gonna find the newest Lil Wayne song? But then when it came mm -hmm. to finding the newest song, they would be like remembering the lyrics and I would just remember how the beat went. So that's kind of where production came in for me because then I was just, I understood formatting music in that sense and like making beats. So when I started making beats, it was a little bit more, it was, I was, it was easy for me to understand on how things work. Obviously they weren't good, but just like the format of just like how beats work, um, that was like something that always clicked for me. Um, and then engineering was just really like, OTR was originally a group. So, um, and we're all still good. There's no beef. Like they're all still my best friends. I'm just the only one that actually like stayed committed to it. Um, but it was two artists, one like photographer, videographer. And then there was me who was like doing DJing production. And I was like, I want to learn how to, you know, do more than just this. So I ended up going to school and uh, that's where I got introduced to like the real world of engineering. Um, and through school, you know, when you pay for school and for the most part, not all schools give you the actual knowledge that you personally want or that you went there for. So through that, once I was done school, I felt like, okay, well, I just paid this amount of money to go to school and I still don't really know how to engineer a song or mix a song mm -hmm. or probably record some somebody. So that just kind of just gave me the hunger to really figure it out. Um, and then, yeah, I would say just from there, it was just like never, never really giving up. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah being hungry to figure it out. So it's like, I end up going to school. After school, I moved back home. Mm -hmm. Had a little studio, makeshift studio in my room that I started working with like local artists and stuff like that. Um, and then from there it was like, I went to a studio that I started working at and started learning a little bit more. I really kind of just got tossed into sessions. Um, yeah. And that was a blessing and a curse. Cause when you get tossed into something without really understanding, if you, if you figure it out, if it's working a certain way for you, you're probably not going to try to figure every single other way. Like you're just going to stick mm -hmm. to what you know. But the, you know, the issue with that is that when you got to go in different rooms or in different situations, that's not always going to work. Mm -hmm. um, and then so that also made me even more hungry to like figure it out, you know, and, and then also just 
I guess having a certain taste for certain things. It's like hearing songs and then hearing your song, and it's like, oh, like, not it's not there yet. So it's constantly yeah. trying to figure that out. How is it there? Um, and then from that, you know, I always knew about the remix project, which was the reason why I came ended up coming back to Toronto. Um, so I applied for the remix project. I got in there, and by then I already had some pretty much like knowledge in the sense of just like making music, um, being in the studio, producing songs, like working with artists overall. Um, and so to, coming into the remix project, it was really a big networking situation for me where, where now I was surrounded by a bunch of like-minded people like myself and we're all kind of had similar goals. So it's like now meeting more producers, I'm meeting more artists, I'm meeting more engineers uh, and all these different, all these different, you know, different career paths within the industry. Um, and for me, I think I've always, I personally do want to try to do my best with everything that I do. So it's like, I'm going to try to figure out how to produce a record myself or like with people in the room, I'm going to try to figure out how to engineer, you know, to get to a certain level. And I think as I continued to keep doing that, more doors just kept opening up and you know word of mouth is is a really big thing so it's like if you do good work people are gonna keep you in mind or they're gonna just want to hit you up to work with you regardless so i feel like that's just kind of just a constant uh thing for me where it's just like you know the word of mouth happened someone says oh something about otr or i have friends who who i work with and then people see that so um i would say that's really like for me that's really the way i I, I would say my path worked out and um, I don't think, I think over the time as I'm, as I'm getting older, I'm starting to take steps, a little, take, take certain steps back from certain things where like, I know DJing is like a, my passion. I could mm -hmm. kind of do it with my eyes closed. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm still trying to become the best engineer I can be. Um, and with production, mm -hmm. At this moment, I really only like to produce when I'm with an artist in the room. Um, I don't really enjoy making beats at home anymore. I think that was part of like the hunger in, in figuring yeah. things out. I was at home just making beats. And now I don't really enjoy that process anymore. I like to actually be in the room with people. But even that yeah. challenges me a lot more because you're 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 on the clock, you know, like you're working with people yeah, behind yeah. you. Like you're trying to do your best work within yeah the studio session or whatever. So yeah. yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much it for me. Like it's, I would say word of mouth and just doing good work. I like that you brought up the word of mouth thing. Um, cause funny enough, that's kind of how you guys ended up as panelists. Cause Lo was actually recommended to us, um, by advance. And then you and Jay have kind of met with the networks within the past. Um, so it's, it just goes to show everyone that that is a very, and it's, I think it's a very important part of, of even diversifying your income and, and being, cause now like with Lo being in, in narration, you know, that kind of gives her an opportunity to get another narration opportunity and you DJing and, you know, engineering and so on kind of opens up doors for that. And I like what you said too about um, getting thrown into opportunities. Like I think now with the access to, like technology and equipment, you can like buy stuff on Amazon that you've never used before. And you can just go on Google and YouTube University <laughs> and learn um, just how to navigate everything. Um, it kind of has everyone in this 
state where they're just like, like music was such a, it still is, but more so, you know, before all of this access, such a collaborative thing. So even for myself, I could relate to what you were saying about producing people in the room. Like the other day, I just random last minute had an opportunity to be in studio and they just like played me an instrumental and I had to write on spot, like in like a one hour time slot. When I'm used to like sitting at home, vibing it out. And that now added another thing to, you know, my resume because people who were there like, oh, she was able to write the song and record it. So it was, that was a learning experience for me too. So I could definitely relate, you know, to what you're saying in terms of just getting thrown into opportunities and building your your brand that way. And that kind of segues into just my next question, which I think is kind of core um, for people to understand diversifying your income. How do you manage such a multifaceted brand? Um, I'm gonna throw it back to you, Lo, like, especially with social media, when you go to introduce yourself, what do you introduce yourself as? How do you condense all of this because even like for myself as an artist, you find that you kind of want to say, oh, I do this, I do this. But sometimes you don't, you know, like elevator pitch, don't have that time. Um, people on social media are scrolling so fast. How do you manage wearing so many hats and still um, kind of maintaining and establishing that that solid brand? Um, I think I'm still figuring that out because I, I mm -hmm. do so much um, and I'm always like I'm always constantly learning um, yeah like on top of like music and narration and I'm also like I've done stuff in the fashion world so it's like I'm literally mm -hmm. like so many hats but usually when I meet somebody I'm just like yeah I'm a rapper and actress because that's what I do the most of that's yeah. what like pays me the most so yeah that's what I go with. Um, but I know once you start talking to people and like they find out like all the stuff you can do, it's like, oh, like this girl is, you know, multifaceted. Let's, let's see mm -hmm. if she can do this. Let's see if she can do that. So yeah, that's me. Do you think that works to your advantage? Um, just sparked off a conversation that I recently had with someone. They're kind of like, okay, when you go in the room, you go in the room and you fulfill the purpose that you were acting in the room for. Oh, you're cutting out. Um, but for you, do you think it's more of an advantage to be like, okay, like, okay, I rap too. I'm in fashion. What, what has been more beneficial to you? Is it kind of putting out that I do all of this, or is it like, you know, sticking to what you were, you were at? I think usually when I, because I just got back from well, not just, but I was at Breakout West, which is like Western Canada's like music conference. Um, and then the week mm -hmm. after that, I yeah. was at VIF, which is like the Vancouver Film Festival. So I was constantly introducing myself to people. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say it's like an advantage. I think once once I tell somebody, especially over here, once I tell them I'm a rapper, they're like, oh my God, like they're just so fascinated. Maybe yeah. not so much like people that I'm constantly around or that are in the industry, mm -hmm. but being around like composers and I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm a rapper. And they'll be like, well, because it's so rare for them to see that over here, like a black yeah. girl rapping like that's you should be in Toronto. That's what they all say. You should be in Toronto. You should be in Toronto. Nobody does that mm -hmm. over here. There's like maybe four of us, if that. Wow. So it's very rare. So it is an advantage, um, I think, for me. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if they keep asking questions and like really find out all the stuff I do, then they'll probably drop to the floor and find out like, and I'm a mom on top of that, like all of this stuff and I'm a mom. So it's like, yeah. you know, I think it's, I don't know, it's, it, it is depends on the situation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, how about you, Jay? How do you manage, um, you know, all the hats that you wear, even promoting yourself, marketing, introducing yourself, um, all of that good stuff? How do you manage that? It's hard, man. It really is. You guys hear me? Mm -hmm. It's hard, like. Yeah, we can hear you. Okay. Um, it's almost like necessity, like when I was telling the story of, you know, the, the, the process of a song and then all the hats, all the people involved or the jobs involved, right? For me, it's just like, I wanted to get better. I wanted to get work. I wanted to, you know, keep climbing up my, my status. And if it was an opportunity to um, engineer or to produce or to make beats or to rap on stage, it was like whatever came about, I had to take it right like especially if money money was involved like you got to keep it real man sometimes you need you need the money and sometimes you do a job you know I've, I've taught vocalists that didn't really have much potential you know what i mean but they had they had the passion and and they had the money to to you know to pay me to teach them and i do the best job i can do no matter what i'm doing but i don't want to be a vocal teacher but i know i can help this person out so along the way there's a bunch of a bunch of situations like that where you're just kind of you know taking taking what you can get within you know the the music arena and within my passion if it's connected to music i'm there i'll do it you know ideally i would just be producing artists at home like leave my house mm -hmm. full-time producer send me your vocals come over record here but that's not how it works, you know? Yeah. Hopefully one day, God willing, I get there, you know what I mean? But along the way, mm -hmm. I'm not gonna be able to pass up other gigs that come my way if I'm competent in doing that, and it has to do with music, then I'll be there and I'm gonna put my best foot forward, you know? So I, I, I think it's a blessing and a curse. You know, sometimes one of my um, good friends is, is the uh, keyboard player on tour right now, Jesse Reyes. And sometimes it's just like, man, I wish I was so good at one thing, you know, yeah. and I could say I'm 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 a pianist. I'm a I'm a guitarist. I'm a mastering engineer. You know, mm -hmm. we all get there and, and that title is your dream title. But um, along the way, you got to take what you can get. And, you know, it, it's all fun. It's all music. So it's all good. But it's hard. You just got to do the best you can and manage. And, yeah. You kind of touched on one of my questions, actually, so I'll um, kind of head over to it and then kind of allow Otia to give us a little bit of his experience. Um, one of the things that I hear a lot, like in terms of mixed opinions on um, is, okay, find this thing that you're good at. So, you know, for me, a lot of people are like, okay, you should just focus on writing. Like, stop trying to be the artist, stop trying to make the beats um focus on writing because you know it's better to find that one thing that's like a really strong point of yours and maximize that and then there are people who are like you're good at this you're good at this you're good at this like you may not be great at all of them but it's better to be good at all of them like what is your opinion on that just because you kind of touched on that a bit um do you would you prefer to you know be have this one thing that you really great at and you do that um, and you're known for that or do you enjoy like having these different hats 
you know, overall, generally speaking, do you prefer to, to have these different things that you're good at? Man, I, I think the grass is always greener, right? But it isn't. Yeah. It, you think it <laughs> is, right? So yeah. even my friend I mentioned, um, I'm glad you had a follow-up because I thought it wasn't fair I mentioned him in that way. Even though he's an amazing keyboard player, I was talking to him. We don't talk all the time, but we were catching up. Mm -hmm. He was telling me the same thing, but within his keyboard life. So he's like, I'm yeah. not on tour now. I'm getting these jobs, these random gigs. They're, they're all like keyboard gigs, obviously. But mm -hmm. even with his keyboard circle, he's wearing different hats. He's not just, you know, touring all the time with one artist. So, yeah. you know, as a full-time musician and as, as someone who can call himself a pianist, um, he's still hustling inside of that pianist mm -hmm. world, right? So the grass isn't always greener. It would, I mean, conceptually, like I said, it would be awesome to just wear one hat as, as a yeah. hit, hit record producer. But even yeah. hit record producers, we, like, name any hit record producer that you guys know, whether it's Timbaland, Hit Boy, Khaled, they're on Instagram doing a million other things too, right? Very true. So whether yeah. it be business ventures or management or mm -hmm. whatever. So I think the multi-hat thing is just, it comes with the territory when you have the passion and you're, yeah. develop, you're developing skills, you know, you, you, you're going to develop these different areas of expertise and things are going to come mm -hmm. your way at different times. And I don't think there's one right way or the other. Everyone has a different path, you know what I mean? I like that answer. Thank you. <laughs> OTR, over to you. Um, how do you manage, you know, these different hats that you wear, engineering, producing, DJing? What's that experience like for you? Um, I'll actually touch on both of those questions, but I manage it honestly by being honest with myself. Um, I feel like if 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 I if I if I could work with better producers, why not try to get them in the room? than to just take it for myself because at the end of the day it's about the end goal right so it's for me it's not always about the money and if it is mm -hmm. then if then then i'm going to choose what i know i'm good at for the money so it's like i'm i know i'm a good at mixing engineer so i might not love the song but i need the money so i'll do that yeah. um and that's kind of how i've always balanced it with djing it's like my first love so that's something that i'm always ready to do but when it comes to production i'm a little bit more choosy about who how i'm gonna do it when i'm gonna do it why i'm doing it um and yeah. that's just that's just like a personal thing just based off of like me understanding that i really want to do do and be or be strong at one specific thing and then let those other mm. things kind of follow i think it's important yeah. to be able to to wear many hats it's like our parents who grew up in in a third world country or whatever or not like they had to learn how to do you know, cook, they had yeah. to learn how to clean, they had to learn how to build things, they had to learn how to, yeah. you know, there's a whole bunch of different hats that they had to learn and, and figure out. So I don't feel like there's anything wrong with, you know, wearing a bunch of different hats. I feel like it's important to just understand uh, and be honest with yourself on when you should be actually wearing those hats. Um, and uh, well, the second question, um, what was the second question again? Oh, we were just kind of talking about like whether, and I think you kind of touched on it. It's you know whether you would prefer to be really good at one thing and and be known for that and kind of make your income from right. that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I th I do. Yeah, I think it's important to be really good at one thing. Like if you're just 
so so at writing so so at producing so so mm -hmm. at singing that it's like you're just so so <laughs> you know yeah, like yeah, if yeah. you're if you're really good at engineering then that's where you shine in the room then that's where you allow someone who's a really good songwriter to do their part and a really good producer to do their mm -hmm. part and that makes a really good song you know but if you're just kind of figuring it out or you're all right at it then you're not yeah. going to be able to to give it your all or be the best at that specific thing so i feel like there's we definitely there's a lot of times where it's more about just being honest with yourself and, and your craft mm -hmm. and what you know you're good at versus just doing it for the sake of just doing it and i think if you want to end up doing a bunch of things at, at a, like a, a high rate at, like excel at it really high i think it's yeah. important to really put in the time into all of those things so that when you are mm -hmm. in those situations it's not really like a you know it's not really like a, a second guess because an example yeah. for that is like um i've been asked plenty of times about doing live sound and i've done live sound but mm -hmm. i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take a gig to do live sound for savannah ray at her big opening yeah. show yeah you know when i i know i'm just figuring it out or like yeah as of recently i've been working with janae Aiko, and like i've just been focused on being an engineer in the room and I, mm -hmm. I kind of left it up to her to be like, oh, do you make beats? And I was like, yeah, I make beats. Mm -hmm. And that's where my, that's where the door kind of opens up for that. She respects me as an engineer. Now yeah. she's willing to hear some produ production, you know? So sometimes mm -hmm. it's also just like, I feel like it's just, I leave it up to me showing what mm -hmm. I'm strong at. And then if they want to figure out all the other things, then like we can bridge that, that gap. I think you kind of answered one of the questions earlier, which was a really good perspective on it too, you know, um, in terms of like, if you go into a room and you're like, okay, like I do all of this stuff, but I really, I really appreciate that approach. Um, kind of going in and allowing it to be a natural thing. I think like that, that's a strong way to approach wearing so many different hats and knowing that, yeah, I'm good at this. I'm good at that, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's, you know, my place in this particular situation. So I really appreciate that approach. We, like money's in the title of this workshop, basically. What are the benefits um, for you wearing all these different hats outside of money? Like money is obviously, you know, if you can monetize it, great. But like, what are some of the other benefits for you diversifying what you do in the industry? Uh, Lo, I don't know if you want to kind of jump on that. Yeah, for me, it's um, just being able to do something different every day. Mm -hmm. um, I can't work in an office. Like, I've tried <laughs> millions of times. I can't do it. Um, so for me, like, waking up and, okay, tomorrow I'm going to the studio. But then the next day I'll be at, like, a regular job. And then mm -hmm. I'll be doing something else the next day. Um, yeah, I just don't like to stay stagnant and I'm a Gemini, so I'm like kind of all over the place. So it just fits <laughs> me. It fits me perfectly. Um, yeah. and I think it's just fun to like wake up and not know, like, you know what you're doing that day, but not know what the day's going to bring and what you're going to create that day. Um, yeah. so that's why I like wearing different hats. Is there a pressure for you, um, to monetize all the things that you're good at? I know that sometimes as creatives, we're like, okay, we can do this. Let me see if I can make some money from it. Um, yeah. Is there pressure for you? Yeah, no, there yeah. definitely is. Like, this climate is not it. <laughs> like, I'm not about doing stuff for free anymore. And I've come to be like, mm -hmm. the other day, someone asked me to do a collab and I like gave them a price and they were just like, yeah, I can't do that. I'm like, cool, like, I can't 
I like I don't yeah. have time to just like I'm not 15 mm-hmm. anymore. I'm not you know I'm not even 20 anymore. Like I'm older, mm-hmm. so I need like I've been I put in the work. So you need to pay me now. Like mm-hmm. I'm sorry, it is what it is. <laughs> and if you don't see the value in that, that's your problem. But mm-hmm. you might check. So <laughs> that's how I, I think it is. I think it is where um, the the world is going. Like what was you know social media was first like a place where people just went on and like updated like okay i'm eating this for lunch um mm-hmm. or you know like instagram photographers could like throw up their work and and it kind of it became monetized so quickly where now we have like influencers that are like literally influencing you know people's lives so i think that that's such a realistic <laughs> answer to that question because you see you see the movement um, a lot, even like trying to organize something like these workshops and it's, mm-hmm. it's not even, oh, are you going to pay me? It's like, what are you paying me as well? That becomes, you know, a part of it. But I was just kind of curious to see that because I hear a lot of people kind of have that battle, especially in my creative circle. They're like, I can do this. Okay, I can paint, but I don't know if I should like sell my art. Um, and then there's some people where they're just like, okay, I'm an artist, but I can cook good, so I'm gonna go cater. Um, I can paint, so I'm gonna sell all my work. So it, you know, it's just interesting to kind of hear your perspective on that as well. Um, Jay, for you, what are some of the benefits of wearing so many different hats? You know, outside of of just being paid. Um, well, I think Lo had a great answer with the, you know, the different scenes every day, different scenery is mm-hmm. good for most of us artists and creative people. You know, we decided maybe. A nine to five isn't for us. Um, yeah. I, I think the biggest thing for me is networking mm-hmm. and allowing organic relationships and opportunities to happen. So when you're wearing different hats, you're going to be um, attending different jobs, different events, different social yeah. workshops, different, right? And then when you're there, you're wearing different hats, but you're going to be meeting other people that might connect with another hat that you wear. They might they might not know mm-hmm. you do that, you do this, and you connect. And, um, you know, in the music industry, like, things have to be organic. You, you can't force. Yeah. You, you can follow up, and you can be persistent, and you can, you know, send that email. Like, double text. Like, you, you got to <laughs> show people you're serious. I'm not talking about, you know, just letting God throw, throw your dream job in your lap. That's not going to happen. You mm-hmm. got to work for it. But once it starts to develop, it's going to be an organic kind of thing where you're like, damn, I never saw this happening. I can't believe, yeah. you know, I met Karis how long ago and, you know, just this long, long. workshop, <laughs> you know, I'm looking forward to talking to you after and you hopefully we build relationships here with mm-hmm. not just the panelists, but I'm looking at, sorry, my, my chat, my camera's over here, my chat, my chat, and, you know, there's singers and there's songwriters, there's pop singers, managers here right so wearing different hats you're going to meet yeah. different people and you never know what can spark from them and when you look back at your years of um, just grinding i bet you guys all have funny stories or crazy coincidental mm-hmm. stories yo how did you actually meet this person and you go back and you say yo it's from this and then that and then i, I met this person here it's from this. Mm-hmm. and you can connect the dots and it's it's crazy like only god and hard work can do that for you so it, it's just it, it's going to organically give you more opportunities wearing different yeah. hats and just pursuing those avenues 
How about you, OTI? If, if there's yeah, anything extra much, that you'd like to mention. I would say, yeah, pretty much in line with both of, uh, with what they were both saying, just opportunity, like just mm -hmm. other opportunities can, can come uh, your way when you do wear different hats, regardless of how much money you're making or not. It's just that you're able to seek more things to come your way. Uh, I think a good example mm -hmm. for me with that is uh, I was DJing for Pyrex, um, being his tour DJ and doing his sound. Um, and then that transitioned from his manager being like, okay, cool. Like I might have an opportunity for you. And that ended up me recording Division's whole album. So I was like, I went from DJing for one artist to recording for a whole nother artist that was managed by the yeah. same person, you know? And that just comes from wearing a bunch of different hats and they just, they rock with you. So they give you those opportunities. So my next question, and I think um, this one is less, less about the career, more personal. How do you deal with the burnout that comes with wearing so many different hats, constantly shifting, you know, where like, okay, I'm producer today, I'm engineer today, I'm doing narration today. Um, what are some of the things that you do just in your personal life that kind of help you to deal with the burnout that comes with that? Um, Jay, I don't know if you want to kind of jump on that. We'll start with you first this time. <laughs> um you you got to remember why you started you know like for me um i always i always find myself getting bogged down and stressed out if if i haven't discovered new music recently if i haven't added to my playlist you know fell in love with a new song it doesn't have to be like a 2022 new song it could be an old song that you discovered or something that's new to you but yeah. falling in love with music you know all over again and then even, you know, that's listening to music as a fan and then falling in love with your own passion. So, you know, you start to get bogged down and I ask myself like, yo, when's the last time you just made a beat? When's the last time you just freestyled? When's the last time you just picked up a guitar and sang your ass off and just, you know, felt so good about it? And, you know, for, for no reason other than, you know, we love this and this is what we do, you know what I mean? So I, I think that's important. And then also just the balance of your personal life, you know, like your time management. Um, like I said, for me, it's discovering music. It might also be exercise. Like, you know, when's the last time you went for, for a run? You know, when's the last time you really sweat? And like, whatever it may be, you know, I'm, I'm blessed with a beautiful son. So I have another, you know, uh, another huge inspiration, a huge love of my life that I can turn to for comfort and just like a, a nice break from it all but yeah i think getting back to why we love this and doing what you love to do for no other reason than because you love it to me that kind of resets things mm -hmm. how about you otr uh i think what for me personally it's honestly going back home for the most part like going kick it with my parents and my my friends mm -hmm. and my girl um i think that's what really like keeps me grounded and reminds me of like, cause this industry is so fast paced and like everybody wants something, everybody needs things done. Um, but yeah, like kind of like what Jay says, just also remembering why you did this, but also remembering like 
I feel like for some people we get into this and you start getting to a certain level and then you feel like you're somebody and you you can't do, operate the same anymore it's like don't forget that because we're all we're all we're all normal we're all human like even the yeah. biggest even jay-z beyonce like they're literally regular people when you think about it like mm-hmm. they kick it with their friends like they're regular so i think it's like just remembering that like yo you have people out there that don't even care that you make music or that yeah. you make x amount of dollars like they just love you for you and those are the people that for me that they keep me grounded yeah how about you Lo? um experience burning burning out i'm experiencing burnout right now like this is literally the last thing that i'm doing (laughs) or no tomorrow's my last thing that i'm doing for the rest of the year because i have literally been going and going for the last two years non-stop and everyone's like you need a break i'm like no go 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 um (laughs) but i mean i do get little breaks but even like what otr was saying about like going back home and like recharging like Last week I was back home. That to me I was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna relax. Mm-mm. There was no time to yeah. relax. Come here, yeah. come here, come there, and I'm like, oh my gosh, guys, like I want to sit. Um, <laughs> but now I'm like realizing, okay, like I need to relax and just like take the time to, you know, be thankful. Like I can't even sit down and do that sometimes. Um, so I really, I'm still struggling with that one. <laughs> but I think now, like, especially this week, I can kind of just relax and like take it all in and actually spend time with my friends not talking about music and just regular life stuff. So yeah. That. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a learning process. Um because yeah. even for myself, um went back to Canada to you know, visit family and like the whole time my brain was like, okay, I need to get back. I need to get back so I can like get to work, do this, do that. All of these things need to be done. So I think it is a learning process. And I guess the more that you, you know, do take on, the harder it is to kind of separate yourself from it yeah. um, and really take some time. But hopefully you do get a break and <laughs> get some chances chance to relax. Um, <laughs> as we come down to the Q&A section, I want to ask, Everyone who does have a question, um, to send it to the Q and A, um, just so that we can head straight into it. Um, but I do want to ask just a bonus question to the panelists. Uh, I guess we'll start with you, OTR. What is your favorite part of what you do? Of all the hats that you wear, um, which one do you enjoy the most, and why? uh it's a good question um i think it's a it's a toss-up between djing and engineering um like i was saying earlier like djing is very like second nature to me like i i i haven't djed in uh like two and a half weeks i think and i have a residency uh that i do every saturday but i I was away so I'm going to be DJing on Saturday and like all I'm pretty much going to do is probably go on the, online and download some new music like whatever has come out since I haven't checked anything and I'm just going to go to my gig um, because I don't need to practice or like that's like it doesn't that doesn't you know that part is is just there for me um, with engineering I love what I love about it so much is that I'm still figuring it out and it's like when you do something really good you're really proud, right? So the goal is to kind of continue to do that. So when I'm in the studio, the goal is to like, try to just do my best or make this song the best sounding that I possibly can. And that's not always going to happen. Like, it's definitely not always going to happen. It's impossible. Um, But it's just the 
the the thought of just like being able to do this um and then i think also with engineering it's like the opportunities that come with it um with djing i'm, I'm cool with doing a bar i'm cool with doing a wedding i'm cool with doing whatever whatever with engineering I, i'm starting to be a little bit more choosy and, and a little bit more like you know picking actually like the type of engineering gigs that i want because anybody can record every up-and-coming artist or record everybody in your neighborhood but that might not fulfill your goal it might make you a better engineer because you're learning but i feel like i'm at the point where it's just like i'm actually trying to achieve certain things within the engineering world so it's yeah. like um getting certain opportunities being in certain rooms uh i get a lot of joy from that because it's 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 proving to me that i'm doing something right or doing something good yeah so yeah i would uh, say honestly you? it's the process between those two. Oh, okay okay between djing and engineering uh how about you jay what's your favorite part and why my favorite part is production for sure it's like mm -hmm. you know usually a production is a bit of a you know three steps forward two steps backward process for me like yeah. uh, you know once the song is written um I, I like what otr said earlier about uh producing with the artists in the room so I don't really make a lot of beats. I'm kind of involved in the writing process and kind of keep the track kind of bare until the song is written. And then mm -hmm. once I get the vocals in and the editing for the vocals can be grueling and getting all the vocals in place. And then I go in on the track. And once the track mm -hmm. starts taking place and the vocals are already there and you just, and sometimes you're building the track and I'm like, man, I don't like this direction. Let's do two steps back and three steps forward. and I'm always trying to reference in my head, like, what kind of record am I making? Sometimes yeah. you lose your way. And when you get that breakthrough and you're, you're putting the pieces together and you're like, man, this sounds, this sounds amazing. Like, this is better than what I thought it could be. That mm -hmm. feeling is just like, it just feeds my soul. You know? it, it feeds my soul. Really. Like, yeah. You think I'm crazy. Thank you. you saw me dancing to my own shit, you know? Just like, <laughs> Um, those are the best ones <laughs> but yeah just production man putting together yeah. back around the vocal and just knowing this this sounds good this really sounds good yeah uh how about you lo uh for me i think my favorite part is like the performing part um i love performing like honestly if i didn't have to record i would just perform all mm -hmm. the time um that part and then also Same. like since I just got into producing like two years ago I, now I'm like getting a little bit better at it I think the fact that I can mm -hmm. create something and then like what I'm working on right now is um, working with like live like live instruments and I don't know how yeah. to play I can't read music for shit <laughs> um, but <laughs> tomorrow we're actually like I'm going into like a big studio and it's my first time in like a big studio so the fact that I can create something on a computer and give it to somebody and they can like translate it on whatever mm -hmm. instrument they're playing is like amazing to me. So that yeah. for me, that's exciting. And yeah, and just performance, just creating in general. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. And we have a question here. Um, so I think we're just gonna switch over into an A. Um, I really love this question. 
So this attendee says, I'm also multifaceted. Uh, the growth as an artist has been quite slow while other skills are moving at a rapid pace. When do you know it's time to let go of one thing if other things are prospering? I don't know who wants to kind of jump on that. I'll, I'll start. Lo, do you want to um, okay, go ahead, Osir? I feel like it's great to know that other things are taking off when one thing isn't. But I don't think mm -hmm. that that should always mean that you should let go. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's important to, if you're passionate about something, it's important to, to just try to stick with it as much as possible. It might not work today. It might not work in 10 years. But if you give up, that's when it stops. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, you should, even if it's in the background, even if you have all these great things going and you, you get some free time, to, to still work on your, your artistry of making songs, like you should still do that because I always tell people too, like you're, you're only one song away, regardless if it's gonna be a one hit wonder or if mm -hmm. it's gonna be the start of your career, it's like it all it takes is really one song. So it's like, yeah, I think as those other things are happening, it's like you can, you know, take them as they come, but don't forget, like, like Lois, um, like Jay was saying earlier, is like, don't forget, you know, why you started this. Um, and mm -hmm. if something like uh, being an artist is 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 what you're passionate about, and that's you know what you really want to do, continue to do all the other great things, but don't give up on being an artist as well. Like, just continue, continue like tweaking it, tweaking it, tweaking it, yeah. tweaking it until the light shines, and then that's when the artistry will be able to take apart a life of its own, right? But I don't think you should uh, ever really let go of one thing to to do for the other unless you really truly feel like you don't ever want to do this ever again then that's yeah fair. uh anyone else want to kind of jump on that's, answering that that's what i was going to say actually was um otr said unless you don't want to do it the, the question is the artistry that's growing quite slow is that is that what you want to do the most if being an mm -hmm. artist is what you want to do the most then yeah, for sure what OTR said, don't let that go. The other things are opening opportunities, so you gotta follow those paths. But if, mm -hmm. if artistry is something you don't really care about, then leave it behind and, and go focus on things that are opening doors. But if that artistry is something you, you wanna see grow faster or keep up, don't give it up and maybe go back to the drawing board and, and ask yourself, why is this area moving so slow? Maybe you need, um, some help maybe um you know reference go go see your competition what what, what are yeah. your weaknesses who can help you with your weaknesses a, a, a writing coach uh like collaborate collaborate with a better a writer are you are you not a strong performer or singer or social media like what what is mm -hmm. it that's slowing that part down and go go study and go get you know go get that part up go get your skills up yeah yeah i agree uh, I agree with both of them, like exactly what they're saying, like, unless you don't want to do that thing yeah. anymore, then don't ever stop doing it. Um, I really like pride myself on being ready for anything. Like I literally walk around with my music on a USB because you never know what, what can happen. And for me, that actually like works out in my favor. When I was in Calgary, I didn't plan on performing at all. And then last minute of the last day of the festival, um, someone didn't show up and my name got thrown around. They're like, do you have your music? Of course I do, I'm always ready. Like, 
So my thing is don't ever stop doing something. Same with DJing. Like I was at a party um, and the DJ was like, yo, can you watch the decks for a sec? The music was about to end. I could have not known what to do at that point, but I knew what to do. Just mix it out and switch it over. And it's simple. So I think you, if you, you can focus on the other things as your main thing, but never stop doing something just because it's not working out at that time. You know, just keep going. Yeah, I think like okay. even from my experience, um, sorry, what's your name? getting Well, I was just saying like from my experience, um, I've learned that sometimes when you get that pressure of like, oh yeah, this isn't working, need to let this go because like this other thing is working. It's usually when you're more focused on the money and the income over the process and actually like creating for the sake of creating or doing it because you enjoy it. And like I've been there several times. I'm like, okay, this isn't working. It's time to try something else. Try something that's gonna get me to where I need to be faster. Um, but then over the years, just kind of learned like, okay, maybe this is when I get this feeling. It's time for me to actually like step away from it as a business for a little bit and like just enjoy it. Like, I remember I would like sit in my room and just like, I had one of those like keyboards where you can like play something and record it and like loop it and then you play something else. And and I would just do that for fun. And like, I'd call my parents and my family, everybody and like perform the song for them over this like instrumental that I looped. And then when it got into like producing as part of like creating songs for release, there was this like pressure and I would go in and try to like find inspiration and just was not it wasn't the same, it wasn't working, there's kind of like a burnout, like, oh, I really don't want to do this kind of thing. But I knew that I loved producing. Um, so for me, what I kind of found is that when, when, it's, when there's that prompt, like, oh, maybe I need to let this go, a lot of times it's just maybe you need to let it go as a business for a second and kind of step away and like, learn how to love it again and just like love the process. So like on top of what everyone else is saying, I totally agree with that too. Um, but also just like maybe just step away and just look at it as, you know, for the art and for the expression part of it. Um, OTR, were you trying to jump in earlier or Jay? Yeah, I was just gonna say like, um, another way to look at it too is like, if you feel like something isn't moving in a certain way, it's like, I think mm -hmm. uh, Lo and Jay might've touched on it, but it's like a good thing that you could do is like say, you feel like your songwriting is not the best. Maybe trade, maybe take those songs to an open mic and see the reaction that you get, you know? Yeah. Cause sometimes it's like, you can't just depend on putting a song out and because you didn't get an X amount mm -hmm. of numbers, that means that the song wasn't good. I think the best way to gain fans and to gain notoriety is to honestly be in front of people. And yeah. for me personally, like some of the, my favorite artists or some of the, my favorite, like, me actually falling in love with someone on like on stage is like seeing them perform you know like can you yeah. sell me this song can you sell me your vision um so like maybe you know try that like go to open mics or do yeah. some shows like that's that's another way a nice way to kind of get back into it or kind of just like actually see where you stand because i feel like mm -hmm. just being on the internet just putting music out sometimes is very like black yeah. and white you know what i mean yeah. like you yeah. don't you don't get to you don't actually get the real response. Yeah, I just want to say something to add to that because 
if I paid attention to my numbers online, I would still be sitting in my room <laughs> at home. Like my Spotify numbers are mm-hmm. not it. And like, I know for a fact, people always wonder like, why is this girl on the stage? Like Vancouver people are weird. Like they, they fight over n- like numbers and stuff. And like, why is this person on the stage? And I have more plays than them, but it's literally like, because I've performed so much and someone saw me somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. oh, let's give her this opportunity. So like, once you put yourself out there and someone sees you, it sometimes it doesn't even matter about the numbers. Like, yeah, yeah. labels are checking for numbers and other people are checking for numbers, but a fan, they don't care. They're like a fan of your music. So, and that's at yeah. the end of the day, that's who you're trying to target, the fan. Unless yeah. like, obviously some people want to be signed. So they go, they're mm-hmm. trying to aim for that label. But at the end of the day, the fans are the one that are paying the money to come to these shows. They're paying the money for the merch. They're paying. So yeah, get in front of the fans at the end of the day. Yeah. I think that that's a great point too. Just overall, like trying to diversify your income is kind of coming um, mm-hmm. offline. Like we've, we've kind of, what, what's the word? Kind of paired success with success online. And it's not always the case. Like I know people that are living off their music that don't like get on charts and, um, you know, don't get in certain on certain platforms and stuff like that. So I think that's a great point. Like there are a lot of, and it goes right back to what OTR was saying in terms of word of mouth. Like I think also to stepping back and kind of determining what is working for you versus not working. Cause you know, even like you lower saying having moments of gratitude I think that's very important too, because if success for you is like, okay, I want to be like Beyonce and Jay-Z and Rihanna, then you're going to feel depressed if you don't have those numbers or you're going to feel like, you know, it's time to like, let this go. But maybe if you look back, maybe you were only getting, you know, like one gig a couple of years ago and now you're getting like three gigs um, in a month. Like, even if that's not, you know, on that like A-list celebrity level, um, it's still... A jump from where you were before so I think too like that that's a great point like figuring out um you know what are the indicators of success for you and also like what you can do offline because a lot of times like it's such a saturated market online um that you can't always determine you may be able to like make your rent and make your utilities and you know pay for all your kids needs and all of that stuff with what you're doing, but your numbers online may not reflect reflect that. So I think that that's a great point for you to bring up as well, though. Um, do we have any other questions? We have one more question here. Oh, thank you, everyone, for answering my question. You're very welcome. No problem. Um, when, go ahead, Otia. Oh, no, I was just saying no problem. Um, but I will touch on what you just said, too, is because you brought up, like, Jay-Z, Beyonce, yeah. and, you know, understanding what success is for you. It's like, well, when we get lost on the social media world, trying to compare ourselves yeah. to, to other people and to other things like that, we also have to be honest with ourselves and realize, like, are we working mm-hmm. as hard as these people? You know, like, yeah. an artist that's, for example, an artist that's on, on tour, a 30, 30-day tour, in 40 days like they're only getting 10 days of rest and out mm-hmm. of those 10 days they're probably traveling to another city to but the like, there's a lot of hard work yeah. that goes into that you know as an engineer who's crunching down an album it's like i didn't sleep last night actually because i'm literally working on an album <laughs> so like 
I'm, and we had to turn it turn in things you know what I mean so it's like yeah I sacrificed that just to get there it's like sometimes we have to be honest with ourselves and be like are we really ready to do that or can we do that mm-hmm. um and uh it's funny that we're talking about this because I, I, there's a quote in front of me right now that I printed out from the book. It's like professionals, uh, professionals stick to the schedule. Amateurs let li- let life get in the way. Professionals know what's important to them and work towards it with purpose. Amateurs get pulled off by get pulled off course by the urgencies of life. So, you know, understand like where you stand. You know, are you trying to be professional or are you amateur stuff? And as professionals, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of them just kind of, they go through everything, through all the motions, yeah. they just keep going. And people break down, people have rough times, sometimes things don't work, but you never give up. You know what I mean? You just keep going. So yeah, that's my little yeah. <laughs> two cents to that. Thank you, that's actually a good quote. It's kind of just have in the back of your mind. <laughs> Any other questions? While we're waiting, I just want to make sure we kind of get everyone's questions here. But while we're waiting, um, to the panelists, just let us know what you guys have coming up. OTR, we already had you on on mic. Um, Are there any upcoming projects that we can look forward to from you? Any new things in the works? Me? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, um, yeah, I mean... I'm fortunate enough, it's still a little unreal. Um, I'm fortunate enough to be working with Janae Aiko right now. Um, so I will definitely be a part of some of her new music. I don't know when it's coming out or anything like that, but that's definitely something that I'm looking forward to. Um, I work with this artist in Toronto, his name's Cavalli, uh, just finished his album um, and I think that's going to be a really good project body of work, not because I'm a part of it, because he actually put in a lot of good work. He put in a lot of effort and time into this project um, and, and it, it, it is really good. So I'm excited for, for when that comes out. Um, and yeah, I, honestly, that's pretty much it. I feel like I just, I work a lot. So like things just come and go, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'm always trying to I'm always trying to stay grateful for like every little thing along the way. I think that's mm-hmm. that's like one of the most important parts to, to doing what I do. Well, congrats. We'll look out for that. Your name's in, your name yeah. in the credits. <laughs> Jay, how about you? Yeah, congrats, man. That's dope. Um, I wanted to actually jump on the last thing OTR was saying and, and low about the um, the last question. Um, but before we before we wrap up, because it really inspired me to like hit this point home about being honest with yourself, and OTR yeah. said it at least twice, and I think it's the biggest. I think it's the biggest hurdle in whether you're an artist or a manager or an engineer, or whatever. I think you know we touched on YouTube uh, University. I think things are so accessible to do yourself. Mm-hmm and to release yourself that people aren't being honest with their own work and comparing mm-hmm. the and the standards of of the people you're inspiring to be peers with like these people put in work and you know it's funny i i i, I kind of smile when people make fun of the pop stars and say you know who's this overnight success all of them can sing 
all of them know what they're doing all of them know their craft inside out mm -hmm. and if you if you're not there you're probably not supposed to be there you're in the middle of your journey but just be honest with yourself reference mm -hmm. is huge like reference your vocals your songwriting your, your arrangements your structure your tuning your you know ref reference everything and be honest are you on the level that you want to be at and the answer will probably be no and then figure out how you can put in the time to study educate and work on your craft and that that education could be formal it could be at a school it could be youtube it could be um going to open mics like was suggested before and when you go to these places film yourself people don't film themselves enough you don't record yourselves enough and look back with with eyes outside of yourself and be honest mm -hmm. with yourself how would you react if you were watching you you know and there's probably some skills that you need to polish and if you're not honest with yourself you're not going to know how to and if you have the passion and, and the work ethic you know you'll figure out how to polish those skills it's, it's not always like you know let, let me go to songwriting school <laughs> let yeah. me go find a mentor let me go find someone that's going to connect me with Janae Eichel you, you got to grind for those things to fall in your lap um but yeah reference 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 and study and be honest with yourself I think that's massive and and mm -hmm. I just I just you know the saturation was mentioned before Karis you mentioned the saturation online and that will separate you that's what the saturation is it's everybody just doing it because they can but the quality isn't there because they're not taking the time and I think that's yeah. huge. I think huge. Um, as far as my own stuff I have uh, single coming out I don't know if it's going to be 2022 or 23 um, it's caught up on the label schedule and um, it's coming out on a German label it's like an EDM top line I did so I'll be singing on that um, I have a couple Afrobeats artists I'm working with but kind of looking for avenues and promotion to kind of drop those at the right time so yeah just follow me on social JBS music and hit me up let's talk and you know keep in touch thank you anything from you love um for me i'm always working on stuff but um right now i'm just i've taken a little break because <laughs> obviously i've been burned yeah. out but um mm -hmm. no right now i'm just like i said before i'm working on a project with a bunch of artists so i produce some of these beats and i'm just getting artists or professional musicians to actually play on them um there's that so just kind of build my catalog so that's really where i'm at right now just trying to find my voice in this world <laughs> i think that's a good place to be it's one of those like places of clarity you know usually emerge feeling refreshed and you know ready to take it all on again but i think that we have no more questions um and I think we could just wrap up now. We're coming towards the end. I just want to use this opportunity to thank everyone. Panelists, thank you so much for, you know, agreeing to be a part of this and coming and sharing your experience. I think that, um, you know, especially in our industry, it can be so hard to access the information, um, to have people who are willing to just come and be like, you know, this is what I had to do. This is how I got to where I am and just be honest and transparent about um, just 
the whole process and all the factors of that. I always want to thank the attendees. These workshops would not be the same without you. I appreciate the engagement. Everyone kind of throwing stuff into the chat, um, being and all the great questions. For those who were rocking with us from the beginning of the series, thank you so much for showing up to all the workshops. For those who just came in for this one, I hope that you all learned something great um, and you know something that you can apply to your life and to your career as we all grow. But thank you again, everyone. It was great having you. It was great having this conversation. And I wish you guys all the best. Have a great evening. Awesome. Thanks for hosting, Karis. Yeah, yes, thank thanks you for having us. Okay. <laughs>